Okay, now I think, <laughs> I think, but it's just a think. It's just a good guess. I think we're, um, we're ready to pick up and proceed. So as I was saying, the community around, the community that forms around Jesus um, includes his disciples, his grieving friends, um, the, one of his disciples who becomes a betrayer, one who denies him, those who bear false witness about him. Um, and uh, as, he, as he moves toward Jerusalem, one of the, the, the community also includes some very close friends uh, who shared with him very deeply with him at the high points and the low points of his life. And so what I wanted to do in today's meditation is consider the relationship that um, Jesus had with uh, Peter, James, and John, um, and, um, and, and look a, a little bit about and think a, about our own community and our own relationships um, as, we, as we too share in this community in the shadow of the cross. So on the, um, on the um, bulletin insert on, that we're screen sharing, are the uh, scripture references around several events that the gospel accounts um, hold out. Um, and the first that I'd like us to think about is the calling of these three. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke all uh, have the accounts of Jesus calling Peter and Andrew and James and John from their fishing boats on, this, on the shores of Galilee. And I'm not going to read these passages of scripture in the interest of time, but uh, encourage you to look those up and, and consider those, those accounts of the calling of these disciples. And to think about what, what do you see in the stories that are told? What do you see in the accounts of the calling of the disciples that, that sets the stage for or perhaps becomes foundational for this close friendship, this close relationship that develops. Um, as, as, as we think about how the, that is communicated to us, the calling of those disciples, um, just, just reflect for a little bit on, on what happens there. Um, the gospel accounts are, again, there's a little bit of variation between one and another. Um, but <clears throat> all the, all the uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic gospels have the very similar accounts. And in, in all of those, it says that they immediately or quickly left their, left their boats, left their nets, and followed him. And when I, when I think about um, how, how friendships and how relationships develop, now that's one of the things that I thought about their willingness to so quickly leave their livelihoods and activities that they had going on and follow Jesus. Their their willingness to do that so quickly, so willingly, uh, lays the foundation for a close friendship, a close relationship that develops. And uh, and we can think about that with regard to our own lives, not only. Um, our relationship with Jesus, how willing are we to leave the things that we're deeply involved in um, to follow him, but also our friendships that we have with each other. Um, what, 
what is the foundation of those friendships, um, those relationships that are special to us. The other thing, the other thing to think about uh, with regard to this is why, why do you suppose it was necessary for even Jesus himself uh, to have sort of a group within a group um, later on in the gospels that you know talks about how he he calls to him those he wants and appoints them to be apostles and we have 12 who are appointed to be apostles we have a whole crowd of followers and disciples but within the the, the larger group or even within the 12 there is this smaller group of three that he has a, a special relationship with and so that that is something to think about as well just ponder over why why it is why it is you know necessary if you will or why it is um why it's just kind of natural for for us to have within our larger circle of acquaintances and friendships for us to have within that that larger group a a smaller group of you know what i i'm titling this bffs you know going with this hokey um new lingo best friends forever these this really tight group of um, of three friends and then we can go on from there to think about the kinds of things that are told in the gospels that reflect that reflect the um <clears throat> the relationship that jesus had with these three and the first one that I have down there is in uh, Matthew 17, Mark 9, and Luke 9. Again, all three synoptic gospels share this story of Jesus taking these three, Peter, James, and John, up on the mountain, and there he's transfigured before them. Um, he, you know, uh, appears in, in a radiant form, speaking with Moses and Elijah, and in a voice out of the cloud, uh, you know, they, they hear this voice from heaven saying, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. Um, <clears throat> and when I think about that, this had to be a real high point in their, in their relationship. Uh, we know from the, from the accounts of the story in the gospels that the disciples are, are they're frightened, they're confused, as you can well imagine, they don't know what to say and we know from some of the accounts that peter um just sort of blurts out whatever comes into his comes into his head because he really doesn't know what to say um and yet this is such a this would be such a high point and and again thinking about ourselves and our relationships those those that we're very close to those that um that are within our our circle of very close friends think about yourself at the high point in your life maybe graduating from um you know at, at any level graduating from high school graduating from college receiving some kind of an award um or special recognition um that type of thing none of us has has experienced the kind of thing that jesus experienced in this uh, transfiguration but thinking about think about who you would want to invite who would you want to have with you at uh to celebrate in that way or to be a part of that kind of acknowledgement and um and so it's significant that who jesus chose is these three peter james and john um 
taking them up and letting them be a part of this very, very high point, this pinnacle, if you will, of their relationship and their life together. Um, then moving on, um, Mark and Luke, Matthew doesn't tell this story, but both Mark and Luke do, uh, tells the story of Jesus and the um, ruler of the temple, Jairus, um, whose daughter is sick, and um, he comes to Jesus and asks him to come. And as Jesus is coming uh, with him, messengers come and say, you know, your daughter has died. Don't bother the teacher anymore. But Jesus continues on. And when he gets to the house, it says he sees all the people grieving and wailing. And he says, you know, don't worry. Um, the, you know, she's going to be fine. And then he takes with him only Peter, James, and John goes into the goes into the room where the where the dead girl is is laying and um, takes her by the hand and says arise uh again this absolutely a high point it would seem um of his ministry and of the relationship that um that they have together and the fact that he includes these these three in that kind of an experience, you know, really indicates how, how prominent his relationship was with them. And again, once again, I just, uh, I just encourage you to think about yourself and your relationships. And when you, when you are experiencing the, those kind of high points and those good things in life, um, who do you want to have with you? Um, who, who is significant in your life? to include in those, in those kind of times. Uh, and then we move on to the fact that not only, not only is Jesus um, including Peter, James, and John, these three close friends, not only is he including them in the high points of his life, but also they are a part of things that are perhaps a little more troubling, um, perhaps a lot more troubling, Mark is the only gospel writer in Mark 13 that has uh, an account or includes in his account all the, uh, both uh, Matthew and Luke uh, share a similar account when they talk about um, Jesus speaking of the end times. And they say the disciples ask him, when will this be? But Mark in chapter 13 says that Peter and Andrew and James and John come to Jesus privately and, and ask him, uh, you know, what, what are the signs? What are the signs of, the, of, of your coming and, and the things that you're telling us about? And so this would have been a circumstance that might have been a little bit more troubling, you know, asking private questions, deeply private questions, and John includes Andrew, um, Peter's brother, along with the three. But again, it's these three that come and, and uh, ask these deep and, and you know, more, more troubling questions um, toward, the end of, toward the end of Jesus' life on this journey toward Jerusalem. Um, and so, uh, once again, I think it should be a fairly easy thing for us to do to think about our relationships, the relationships that we have, you know, our, our close relationships within the wider circle of our acquaintances that we would, that we would go to uh, to ask these kind of deep and private questions, things that we wouldn't just um, raise with just anybody, 
but um, but that we would we would depend on those uh, very very uh, deep and intense intimate personal relationships. And then of course, finally, um, or I shouldn't say finally because it goes on from there a bit, but um, the the very very um, difficult circumstances where Jesus with his disciples enters the Garden of Gethsemane and um, Matthew and Mark are the the two gospel writers who indicate that he call he takes Peter James and John again these three um, and goes a little ways away from the other disciples and begins to begins to pray asks them to watch with him while he prays and um, and again, it's in this circumstance that we see perhaps a little bit of disappointment on the part of um, on the part of Jesus as he is in this time of agony and prayer, and comes back and finds these three sleeping. Now, I'm pretty sure it's Luke in his account says they were exhausted, uh, they were tired, but. Um, uh, and of course, Luke is speaking of the whole group of disciples. He doesn't identify um, Peter, James, and John, but um, comes back and says, "Peter, couldn't you couldn't you stay awake with me for even just one hour?" Um, a little a little bit of disappointment expressed there, perhaps. But again, um, when we're going through those those extremely trying, difficult, agonizing time times in our life and they're there in all of our lives um, as I've said so often before if you haven't experienced it yet just hang around a while you will who do we want to have with us who do we depend on who who would we who would we perhaps call away from others and and um, want to want to have with us as we experience those kind of times and then the other part of that is uh, just the recognition that uh, as deep and as intimate and as personal as our as our friendships are, uh, they can they can also be disappointing. Um, people aren't always as supportive as as we need them to be as we would like them to be, and so there are limitations, and that's why I kind of titled this best best friends forever. Well, you know maybe. Um, because we we've already talked about Peter's denial. We've already talked about the fact that all the disciples, um, <clears throat> in some of the gospel accounts, it says they all left him. Um, they all abandoned him. And so sometimes even our closest relationships can be can be that way. Um, uniquely, John in his gospel in the Gospel of John never mentions these three as in, in the way that the other gospel writers do. Obviously, he mentions Peter, he mentions the other, other uh, disciples, but he doesn't, he doesn't have the accounts of Peter taking, or of, J, of Jesus taking Peter, James, and John aside and, you know, for these uh, special events and those kind of things. Um, and and uh, as I was studying and thinking about this, I thought it's kind of good to reflect on why that might be. Why might it be that um, that Jesus um, or that John does not, you know, communicate this in the same way? Doesn't talk about Jesus' special relationships with Peter, James, and John. Um, 
and we can we can suppose all kinds of things but one of the things i'm wondering is um is if perhaps um the reason why he doesn't communicate it in quite the same way is he's part of that group and so <clears throat> it might feel a little bit like uh um, I don't know, it just might be a little bit uncomfortable for him to identify this core group of friends, this, these, these, these deeply intimate friends, this circle within a circle, if you will, <clears throat> because he's a part of the group. However, on the other hand, John also, uh, on a number of, uh, a number of references, uh, refers to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. Um, and that seems a little bit, I don't know, that seems a little bit, um, not really tooting his own horn, uh, but, but uh, you know, sort of a strange way of, of uh, referencing himself. And so we do have accounts in John, in the Gospel of John, of him talking about Peter and the disciple that Jesus loved, and, we're, and, and he's referring to himself. And in particular, um, at Luke 24 and John chapter 20, this is after, on the morning of the resurrection, uh, Luke identifies Peter and John as the two who run to the tomb, and John does as well, except it's Peter and the disciple that Jesus loved um, running to the tomb and being the first to, uh, for the first to witness the empty tomb. And then finally, and now finally, I think perhaps the most intimate glimpse that we have of the special relationship that Jesus had with Peter comes in John chapter 21, after their breakfast on the shores of Galilee, um, as, they, as he calls Peter aside and asks that triple question or asks that same question three times in three slightly different ways. Peter, do you love me? more than these. And what does he mean by these? I've heard, I've heard that he's talking about the great, the fish that they've caught, that, you know, Peter, do you love me more than your occupation? I've heard people say that he's asking Peter, do you love me more than the other disciples, than you love the other disciples? We don't really know, but the question, the heart of the question that Jesus is asking is, Peter, do you love me? And Peter responds, you know, I do. And Jesus repeats it three times. And uh, I think this, is, this has to be the most intimate glimpse, I believe, of the special relationships that exist between them. Because what it, what it is doing is it's reestablishing this deep, close, intimate, personal relationship that was broken at the time of Peter's denial. And, I th and you've heard me say it before, I think it's very significant that there is a balance that Peter denied three times that he even knew Jesus. And now Jesus asks him three times to confirm that he loves, that he loves him. And, uh, and that really, I think that, that to me speaks volumes about um, the relationship that exists between them. So the, uh, the thing that I'm wondering is if we can learn some things from Jesus' faithfulness 
to those relationships, even in the face of his closest friends disappointing him at times, um, and not not only disappointing him, but really letting him down. Um, and yet here he is, um, still in a relationship, still asking, you know, do you, do you love me? Um, still giving, still giving the uh, assignments that he gives to Peter to uh, feed my sheep or feed my lambs. Um, and uh, <clears throat> remember, this is Peter. This is the one that Jesus says um, that, you know, that comes to Jesus earlier and says, you know, if, if, if someone sins against me, if my brother sins against me, how many times do I have to forgive him? Seven times? You know, just thinking that he was really setting the bar high. And Jesus says, you know, I'm telling you that if your brother come, if your brother sins against you and, and uh, comes and repents um, and asks for forgiveness, I'm telling you not seven times, but 70 times seven. Um, so, you know, Peter thinking he's setting the bar kind of high at seven times. And, and Jesus basically is coming and saying, there's no limit. There's no limit to, to how, how our faithfulness to our friendships and how often we are to forgive. And so those are the kind of relationships that, that uh, Jesus, uh, I was going to say, enjoyed, and I think he did. Um, but they don't always bring joy. Sometimes those close friendships can bring disappointments and discouragement and those kind of things. But, the, but you know, this community of faith, this community in the shadow of the cross that surrounded Jesus as he journeys toward the cross, you know, includes amongst all, among all the others that we've looked at, includes these very, very close personal friends. And so I think as we look at our own community, um, in the shadow of the cross, and each one of us, you know, individuals within this, and within the, the community, within the circle of the community, it is natural, and perhaps it's even necessary for us to have this core group, this group of, of special friends, this BFFs, if you will, and uh, and, and that's, that's natural, that's normal. I, I hear a lot of times people talking about how, oh, the church is so clicky, there are groups of people and I'm not in the right groups or whatever. You know, no, um, <clears throat> that um, it's, a, it's a natural occurring thing that within any community, there are people that we're closer to than others. And we, we just need to understand that. We need to, we need to recognize that that was true for Jesus as well. And and how how do we um, how do we let the community that surrounded him um, reflect and grow within us as, as well? So let's pray together, and then we'll um, we'll use the rest of our the balance of our time. If I haven't talked too much, um, we'll use the balance of our time to share together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pause to thank you again for the example that we have from your word of the relationships that Jesus had. We thank you that we can learn from them and learn from him. I pray that we would find um, the wisdom, that we would find the strength within our own relationships to be faithful in the way that he was. I pray that um, as we adapt to these new circumstances, temporary uh, circumstances that you would continue to help us to identify with one another as a community of faith in the shadow of the cross, as a community that's committed to Jesus, and that we would uh, keep our connections 
in spite of the fact that we have to maintain some social distance uh, for a period of time. I pray that you would just bless us during this strange time, that you would, uh, <clears throat> that your wisdom uh, would uh, rest upon our leaders at every level of our government, that we would, um, that we would be supportive of one another and we would see these strange circumstances as an opportunity uh, to grow together in our closeness and in our community. Uh, just pray that you would um, bless us with your with health, that you would bless us with the safety that we all seek and desire in these circumstances. Um, continue uh, to help us to live in this strange world as as your children, as children of light in Jesus' name. Amen.